You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Clayton's season of The Bachelor and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 269. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Great show for you this week. We got the stars of Joe Millionaire on the podcast together. Stephen McBee and Kurt Sowers. They're your two leads of Joe Millionaire, and we'll get to them momentarily. So I just wanted to update you on a couple things. One, do I sound a little bit different? I feel like, you know, I talk every week into this podcast and... I hear myself, so maybe I have more of a keen ear, I guess, and to me, I sound a little bit congested, and I think I still am. My voice is is also a little, not fried, but just sounds a little bit different. As I mentioned earlier this week, I had COVID last week, and thankfully, I did not have it nearly as bad as some of the other people out there. I just had a sore throat that turned into a ruddy nose, which turned into a little congestion in my chest that really isn't even there anymore. The congestion is more in my like nasal cavity. So my nose isn't running anymore. I blow my nose maybe three times a day, four times a day, just out of stuffiness, Uh, but it's not dripping. I think Thursday was the worst day last week, and that was just because I blew my nose all day, but... Yeah, I tested positive Wednesday of last week all the way through Monday of this week. And then yesterday, uh, Tuesday and yesterday, I tested negative. And you're asking, how do you have a at-home test, Steve? They're not available anywhere. Well, I mean, I ordered them before Christmas. And when I ordered them on Amazon, it said the the delivery date was January 4th. So, yeah, it took me over 10 days to get them. And January 5th was when I first tested positive. And it was, was, and I wouldn't have, and I normally would not have, if I didn't have those tests, I would have just assumed that maybe I was, I had a cold because I, I wasn't experiencing the, some of the symptoms that have been related to COVID, whether it's nausea or aches and pains and loss of smell or taste. And I didn't have any of that. I just had a sore throat and it was like a normal sickness that I've ever had before. Every time I get a sore throat, it immediately turns into, um, a runny nose, which turns into a stuffy nose and the voice changing a bit. So no, I'm not going through puberty, but yeah, still a little, you can probably hear it in my voice. At least I can, but that's because I listen to myself every week when I have to record this thing. So that's where I'm at, feeling a lot better than I did last week, and like I said, it's just the voice and a little bit of congestion in my nasal cavity. The other thing I wanted to bring up was um, something I mentioned yesterday uh, in the column, which was, <laughs> it's it's like I want to keep this short, but it's almost impossible to keep short if I'm going to go into every detail of it, because I did have a few reactions yesterday on email that... I appreciated the reactions that I got on email and I responded to both of them in regards to this, what is considered news and what is considered gossip and what do you want to hear from me and, and what do you want me to report on? So essentially, um, you know, the, the thing that really kind of spurred all this was last week when the story of Blake Horseman and, and Giannina from, Love is Blind, which I don't, I've never seen that show. I just know who she is now. I didn't even know what that person was before I heard the news that Blake was dating her. You know, like I said, I had heard pretty much a few days after he got back, like Blake's got a new girlfriend, but that's all I was told. And I was like, well, I know he just went and filmed an MTV show, so I'm guessing he found her on that show, met her there. And, um, but I didn't know who was on that show. I didn't know who the cast was. So went on, you know, MTV sites, 
to find out who's the cast of this new show on MTV. I don't even know the name of the show. I don't even think it's even been announced. It definitely hasn't been announced because they haven't given a release date yet. But I went on it, found out who the U.S. cast was, who the who were the female U.S. cast members. I didn't think that Blake, like I said, I didn't know anything other than Blake has a new girlfriend. It's like, okay, well, I doubt he, his girlfriend is an international girlfriend. It just, that seems like way too extreme to make that jump to, oh, you're not my girlfriend, but you live in another country. So I just assumed, okay, well, who's the U.S. cast members that are on that show? And one of them is Angelina from Jersey Shore. She's married, so it's not her. Trina from uh, Love Island, U.S. version. Possibility. As far as I knew, she was single. Um, Giannina was a name. Uh, someone from RuPaul's Drag Race. I was like, okay, probably not them. And there was another woman on there uh, that I'm blanking on. But so those were the only like five U.S. women that I at least heard were on the show. So I was like, okay, well, I mean, right now it's literally two options, Giannina or Trina from Love Island. And then all you got to do is a little bit of searching, and it's like, okay, well, it's clearly it's Giannina. And Giannina was posting in, in Denver. She was posting at his house and all that stuff. So, But at the time, this is before people came out with it, I was, you know, I called around, and I was like, what should I do here? Because, like I said, I have said specifically, if two Bachelor Nation people are dating or I hear they're seeing each other or whatever, I'm going to report that because that's what you came. You know, you want to know what's going on in Bachelor Nation. I said when it's a Bachelor Nation person and someone not in Bachelor Nation, I'm not going to report that. Like, I knew about Tia and, uh, what's his name, Tyler? I I knew about them in July. Like, literally right after she got back from filming, she was seeing him. And... But I never mentioned it once. I never even hinted at it. I just like, okay, it, it it's just not he's not a known person. If I say Tia is dating I keep forget if his name is not Tyler, I apologize. I'm blanking. But yeah, I just was like, I don't need to report him. Nobody knows who he is. But what I didn't address was what if someone from Bachelor Nation is dating someone from A, another reality show, or B, a celebrity or an athlete. If I find out about it, do I report that? And that's where I'm struggling because I don't really know what I'm going to do. It's a case by case basis. I don't really know what I'm going to do. I probably, if people didn't come out with it, I probably would have eventually just mentioned it in passing. Like, oh yeah, Blake's dating Jeanina from Love is Blind. I'm going to do this whole expose of all this stuff. So yeah, they met on the show, they're dating, you know, and it would have just kind of been that, but I'm sure if nobody had reported it by that point. Clearly, other Instagram accounts would have all picked it up and said, Reality Steve is reporting, Jake is blading, J- Blake is dating Jeanina from Love is Blind. So that's what I mean. Like, I get what I, re- what I say, especially when it comes to a couple that people didn't know were dating or all of a sudden Reality Steve says this couple is dating. I know it's going to get picked up by other places and it's going to get much bigger than just me reporting it. Other places are going to report it. Just like the, the videos of Cassidy uh, that I posted on Twitter before Monday night's episode that got picked up by us weekly and all the other Instagram accounts that posted it. Some credited, some didn't. Thanks a lot. But you know, those videos were sent to me by someone who happened to record it before she deleted them. I never saw them. I don't follow Cassidy. So I didn't know anything about them until they were sent to me on Monday afternoon. So I posted them because they're relevant. Like it's kind of relevant when Cassidy hasn't even been eliminated on the show. And she's saying, fuck you, Clayton Eckerd. You know, so stuff like that, clearly I'm going to report, but when it comes to relationships and stuff like that, like I have, I, I've spoken to Blake in the past, um, privately, but it was nothing I needed to go to him with. I knew it was true and I didn't need to go to him for it because I wasn't even going to report it until after the new year. Cause I found out before Christmas. So it wasn't going to be until after the new year, like I said, but then people report it. I'm like, good. I don't have to worry about this. But in the future, yeah, I just don't know. It's a, It really is a case-by-case basis. I don't know what I'm going to do moving forward. I mean, I, obviously, there's one going on right now, you know, Hannah Ann. Hannah Ann in the last few days has become a little bit more obvious, not obvious about who she's with, but obvious about that she is dating somebody. 
and you know you put two and two together it's not hard to figure out but yeah it is it is an athlete it is a a football player that plays on a team in Los Angeles like it's not hard to figure out go look at her follows go look at his follows it's pretty obvious but yeah I heard about that a couple weeks ago and I didn't say anything and I'm just and some people but I know this is the stuff that you guys want to hear and I'd like to deliver it but it turned into this, why are you outing couples that don't want to be out? If they wanted to be public, they would have announced it themselves. And I understand that. And that's my reasoning for hesitating. So the answer is, I don't know what the answer is. <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm going to do going forward when, when this happens. The only thing I know for sure is I'll never announce it if it's a Bachelor Nation person just dating a, a random civilian that's not on TV, not famous, not an athlete, not a D-list celebrity, nothing like that. But other ones, I guess it'll just be a case-by-case basis. But when it comes to the negative information about contestants, that's the line where it's really tough because, again, I know it's stuff that you want to hear. But when the stuff that I'm told is negative about a contestant, the second I report it, it turns into, why are you reporting it's about this contestant? Why do you hate them? What vendetta do you have against them? And it's like, look, this is just something about this contestant that maybe you would like to know before forming an opinion or putting them on a pedestal. And it's not out of jealousy. It's not out of any sort of vendetta. But it is out of somewhat importance of maybe you should know this about this person. But the problem is when I do report something negative about a contestant, it's usually 100% correct. At least that's what I've tried to do um, since the Jenna incident. And that turns into harassment from the fan base that now says, oh, now we know this about you because of Reality Steve, and we're going to basically hate bomb your comment section on all your Instagram pictures because we think this, this, this of you. And they wouldn't have thought that if I didn't put any sort of story out there. So, yeah, I do have the ability, um, and it took me a while to see that, but, yeah, I do have the ability to really ruin people's reputations. And it's not purpose. It's just part of what comes with the job of reporting on the show. So it's like, do I only report on the show what you're going to see in the episodes? Well, obviously, I'm going to do that, just report what you see in the episodes. But I know you guys are interested in other stuff that goes on not on screen. Hell, the ha- half the show has turned into what these people are posting on social media during, after, and before the show. So, of course, you're interested in it. I know you're interested in it. You're not just interested in what you see on Monday nights for two hours. You want to know, you know, what did they tweet? What did they post on TikTok? What is the shade that they're throwing? What are they liking? What are they, un- you know, who are they unfriending? You guys are all following this stuff. I don't follow up with a lot of it, I only follow up with what's told to me because I just don't go out of my way to see who's liking what. But inevitably it all gets told to me like, Hey, did you see this? Did you see this? Most of the time it's no, I didn't until you let me know. So thank you. So it turns into this struggle of what do I want to present this as? And what do I want to portray these contestants as because pretty much all the stuff that gets told to me is negative. And trust me, it is negative about some of the people that you think walk on water. And I can't even say so-and-so. I can't even say I heard something negative about so-and-so, even just leaving it at that one sentence. I heard something negative about so-and-so. And for the sake of this argument, let's just say that so-and-so that I'm referring to is a person who has a very positive edit and a lot of people like in this franchise. Just saying that turns into, why are you hating on them? Why are you making people dislike them? Why are you teasing us with something? Let's say it's like because I'm not allowed to give the details that I do know because the information that maybe have given was given to me, whether it was an email or a text exchange or receipts of some nature, whether it was video or a phone call, or something like that, that was given to me, if it was given to me by a source that says, look, I don't want to be a part of this story, 
but here's what you should know about this person. That happens a lot. It's happened a lot with Michelle's men. It's happened a lot with Katie's men. It's happened a lot with Clayton's women. Here's something you should know about this contestant. And here, and then I'm like, okay. Now, usually the first email is just, you know, them just blurting something about that contestant. It's like, okay, well, thank you for that, but I need proof. Because anybody can come to me and say, oh, this girl's a bitch. Okay, well, what'd she do? She did this. Okay, do you have proof? And I didn't do that in the past. I was just like, okay, and I just ran with it. So now it's just turned into this process of what do you have? What can you show me? And then when they show it to me, then it becomes, do you want to be a part of this? Because I'm not just going to throw this out there. And inevitably, most of the time, if not all the time, since I haven't done any sort of expose or haven't done any sort of gossip on any contestant in the last seven months, it turns into, hey, I just want you to know. And maybe they're sending it to other places as well. But you haven't seen me report one thing about any contestant in the last seven months. Not one. Because I just got out of that business. But I know it's stuff that you would want to know. And usually that person sends it to me because I'm asking for proof because I'm not just going to believe anything that anybody tells me. Then when I ask for the proof, it becomes, okay, so what do you want to do with this? Well, I don't know. I just wanted to show you, you asked for proof. Okay. But do you want to talk about this? Or do you, are you wanting to do an interview? No, I just thought you should know. Can I use this evidence to show, to back up a claim? Like, do you want me to, cause they inevitably, the reason they're coming to me is because they want me to out this person. They want me to talk about how this person's a bitch or this guy's a player. It's like, okay, but what good does that do me anymore? All it does is give me grief from fans who like that contestant. And I turn into the bad guy when all I'm reporting is factually correct information. But I can't back it up with it because the information that was given to me would then out the source. Clearly, if I, rel- if I relay a text message conversation between my source and this person that they're outing, the obvious person that they're outing is going to know who gave it to me. Now, you won't know who that person is for the most part. It's usually just someone from their life. But then their name gets thrown out there. But if I also start accusing someone of certain behavior without showing proof of it, then I'm just throwing out wild accusations and I could get in trouble. And that's where this balance becomes. So, again, everything is a case-by-case basis. I've been sent so much stuff about Michelle's guys and Katie's guys and Clayton's women where it's just like, yeah, it's not positive at all. Is it, you know, criminal activity? No. Well, not all of it. Is it something that you would all be interested in? 100%. But without me being able to back it up, and other than just say, well, I heard this about this person, you will jump all over my case. Even if I know it to be true, I just can't present the evidence that was given to me because it outs the source. So it's just been, it's been really, really tough. And yeah, it might've taken me a long time to get to this point, but this is the point that I'm at right now. And, um, but yeah, that's why you haven't seen any, you haven't seen me say any bad word about any contestant that was on Katie season, Michelle season, or Clayton season. Not one. I haven't told, I haven't told one story that has been relayed to me with receipts. I'm just covering what's happening on the show, giving you your spoilers that I can and just kind of going from there. But it hasn't been easy because there are some people in this franchise that are skating. They're skating on an edit that they get on the show. And it's not like I'm dying to, you know, Oh, I want this person to have such a bad edit. It's no, it's like, okay, I, I see the edit that they're getting on TV. I'm like, oh, man, that it's not who they are, but they're getting lucky. you know. And it's just, it's just really one of these things where I'm just having to keep my mouth shut and just let stuff play out. And um, maybe they'll slip and say and do something online that kind of shows their real character. But 
I mean, the list is endless. Starting from Katie's season, when this, you know, when this all went down about seven months ago, when I got called out for the stuff that I said. Um. Yeah, so Katie's season into Michelle's season, and Paradise, Paradise as well, contestants that were on that season, and then and now Clayton's women. It's uh, yeah, it's not positive. I'll report positive stuff when I get it for sure. Like I even said this week, like I've heard nothing but positive things about Susie. Um, she seems like, like everything that I've heard is just like, wow, just great girl down to earth, not looking for fame or stardom or, or whatever. And it's like, okay, you know, take that with a grain of salt as well. You know, it's hard to believe that on any contestant that goes on the show because they know what's coming and they know the opportunities that can arise from it. So I think, I think some just handle it differently than others do. But the impression I get from Susie is that like, yes, she's very well aware of what can come from this show, but that wasn't the in, the main intention and, and why she wants to do with it. But on something like that, only time will tell. We have no idea. If all Susie does post-show is shill and everything she posts on Instagram now turns into an ad and stuff like that, then, you know, I, I, still, you can just, it'll be a case-by-case basis and each individual can make their own um, assumption on that. But everything I've heard so far about her has been nothing but positive. So that's where we're at. I know that was really long-winded, and it was 20 minutes, uh, and we really didn't get to a, the bottom of anything. But I just, I just want to let you know what I'm going through and what I'm dealing with and um, how it's just not easy to not even not report stuff, but not even have the ability anymore to say something negative about somebody without it just being totally aggregated by the Instagram accounts who take phrases and words and sentences rather than, you know, posting a full story of something. And just the story becomes about me and my agenda when there's no agenda for 17 years. I've written about the show and talked about the contestants on the show. Obviously in the last 10 or 11 years, I've become more of an authority on this show and I've gotten more and more information uh, and I get sent stuff all the time about people from this franchise. None of it usually, which is flattering. So we'll take it day by day and we'll just see how things go in the future. But um, sorry this was so long. I I, I just, I I needed to kind of get that off my chest because... um, it, ha- it's, it's, it's frustrating to deal with because I, I've, I've, I've got a fan base and a lot of you I know that want to hear the tea, but you really don't want to hear the tea unless it's about somebody you don't like. Let's be honest. Because if I report something about somebody that is well-liked in this franchise, which I have plenty of that I could, it turns into just this crucification of their character and why are you doing that to them and why do you hate them and you know so anyway before we get started again i want to talk to you about our beach body advertiser it's the new year and we're all busy we can find an excuse not to work out trust me i didn't get off my couch for six days while i was covid positive it's not about crazy workouts every day. It's about making the most of the time that you have. And for me, that's now working out with Beachbody. Beachbody lets you stream over 1,500 of the hottest workouts from top trainers to all your devices, your television, your phone, your tablet, anytime, anywhere. Working out with Beachbody, it just works. There's no travel time to the gym. I don't have to worry about, oh, I got to put on my shoes. I mean, I could do Beachbody without my shoes on. You know, who cares what I'm wearing? Zero pressure keeping up with what everyone else is doing because I'm at home doing my own workouts. Try any one of their programs free for 14 days. Like what I'm doing is I'm trying to mix cardio and weights because if I just do cardio, I feel like I'm losing strength. But you've got combinations like Lift 4. It's a great program on Beachbody. It's lifting and it's a HIIT workout, which is high-intensity interval training. It's only four days a week. No gimmicks, no fads, 
Just proven workouts to get results with millions of success stories. Why are you trying anything else? You can lose up to nine pounds in 14 days with Beachbody. Join me and start for free today. Go to Beachbody.com slash Steve to get 14 days totally free. That's Beachbody.com slash Steve. Results vary based on starting point and effort. So here we get going right now with podcast number 269. It is the two leads from Joe Millionaire, Kurt Sowers, Stephen McBee. Really great conversation. For those that are unfamiliar with Joe Millionaire, Stephen McBee is worth $10 million and Kurt Sowers is not. But they're two leads. In the first episode that aired last Thursday, they told the women one of these guys is worth $10 million, one of them isn't. They don't know which one it is. And this is different from the original Joe Millionaire where it's only one guy. But that was in 2003 where you could easily get away with fooling women coming on a show saying, oh, this guy's going to inherit $300 million or whatever they told the women he Joe Millionaire was going to do. Evan Marriott was his name. This one, they came right off the bat in the first episode and said, one of these guys is worth $10 million, one of these guys isn't. Steven, we know as the audience, is worth $10 million, and Kurt isn't. And they have to navigate this season, and we'll see what happens. But a very interesting conversation with both of these guys. I thought they came off great. I hope you like it. I certainly did. So here we go. Podcast number 269. All right, let's bring them in. They are the two stars of Fox's Joe Millionaire. Airing Thursday nights at 8, 7 Central. Episode 2 is tonight. It's Kurt Sowers and Stephen McBee. How you guys doing? Thanks for coming on. Yeah, we're doing good. Appreciate you having us, Steve. I know Kurt and I were really excited to hop on this call and uh, discuss all things Joe Millionaire. <laughs> yeah, man. Great to be here. Yeah, Kurt, I want to start with you. Um, and I, and because we got two of you on the line, I'll, I'll, I'll dictate who I'm directing the question to so we don't have guys speaking over each other and whatnot. But let's start with you first, Kurt. Um, I asked pretty much everyone this who comes on the podcast, like how they got cast. Um, Had you seen the original before? And and for this particular case, when you were approached by whoever, were they pitching it as, hey, we're rebooting Joe Millionaire? Or were they pitching it as, hey, do you just want to be part of a dating show? And we'll tell you, we'll tell you more later. Yeah, yeah, great question. Uh, and there's a few parts to it. So, yeah, I I had seen the original Joe Millionaire bits and pieces though. I mean, it came out when you know when I was a kid. Uh, I know my sisters watched it, um, and it's funny when I was cast for this, um, they they didn't tell us it was Joe Millionaire. Uh, we thought it was called Love for Real. Um, the premise uh, was kind of the same. They told me there was another gentleman. He was going to be extremely wealthy. Uh, Told me how many women were going to be on it. Uh, Kind of told me my part, what I'd be playing in it. Um, And yeah, it went from there. Uh, My sister, though, even said before I left, she said, this really gives me Joe Millionaire vibes. (laughs) Uh, And at this point, we we didn't know. uh, I didn't even really know Fox was the network um, at this point. uh, Really, just that that 495 was the production company. I don't think they'd introduced me to Fox yet. Um, so I guess we'll take a step back. How did I get cast? So they, they slid in my DMs, Cornwall Casting, slid in my DMs, um, said, Hey, would you ever entertain something like this? Uh, I said, yeah, possibly. Uh, let me see what it is. Uh, so that turned into a few conversations that ended with me in front of the producers out in LA. Um, and then from there, it moved pretty quickly. Uh, I believe I was the last piece to the puzzle. They had Steven already. I think they had most of the women selected. Um, I, I believe they even had another gentleman to play my, not play my part, to, but to, to be my role in the show. And um, when I flew out there, I think that uh, everything kind of came together. They realized that uh, my personality would, would bounce well off of Steven's mm-hmm. and kind of sealed, sealed the deal. And that was, that was about six weeks before we started filming. And then, Steven, same question to you. How did you get cast with with Was it a DM slide by a casting agency? Yeah, it was the same same thing. Cornwall Casting found me. This would have been January of 2020, uh, 2021, excuse me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I thought it was a joke at first. They showed up in my DM request. I didn't know anything. Uh, honestly, I was a big skeptic of reality TV, wasn't a big fan of it. So, uh, and I know Kurt would tell you the same thing. We're not uh, generally your your reality TV show type of guys. And so 
they had to do a lot of convincing and it was hard for them to convince us to come onto the show because they couldn't tell us many details about the show. So it was a big leap of faith, especially for guys like Kurt and I that run day-to-day companies. And, uh, you know, it, it paid off in the biggest way. I mean, it, when you got down there and I had no idea what Joe Millionaire was, I'd never even heard of it. Uh, and whenever they walked into the room, it was during an interview, solo interviews with Kurt and I, and uh, they dropped the bombshell on us. And I could tell it was a big moment for them, but uh, I had no idea what it was. So, you know, I was like, you know, what is Joe Millionaire? Who is Joe? And uh, they said, you have no idea what's about to take place or what's going to happen in your life. It's, it's such an opportunity for you. And it, it really has become that for both Kurt and I and couldn't be happier to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, Steven, what was your first impression when you saw Kurt? So we're at this mansion on Lake Lanier, right? And I'm out there. I know that I'm getting ready to meet, uh, you know, this other gentleman at the time. Had no idea what he was going to look like. Had no idea, no perception of him in any way, shape, or form. And I walk into the butler's quarters, and he's sitting down in a chair. And, uh, you know, instantly I could tell he's got a swagger about him. You know, he looks like a GQ cover model with the man bun and everything. <laughs> and uh, he, he stands up to shake my hand. And honestly, as soon as he stood up, I was like, thinking to myself, please, God, don't let this guy be like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, <laughs> and thankfully, we were about the same height. And, uh, you know, from there, we just hit it off and realized he was just a, a good old boy like myself. We both consider ourselves blue-collar guys that work with our hands every day. And uh, the bromance really started in that moment, and it's continued on ever since. And, and, Kurt, same question to you when you first saw Steven. So what we saw last week in the first episode, that was the first time you guys even knew Obviously, you knew another man was coming on the show, but that was the first time you had actually seen who that person was or been told anything about them. Yeah, yeah, it was. So that, that was a genuine response that you saw on camera. Uh, and the producers were really good about about that, you know, making sure they got those moments on camera. Um, I knew that the other gentleman was going to be extremely wealthy. So in my head, uh, I was nervous. I'm thinking, gosh, don't put me with some trust fund kid. Or with you know, or with somebody that that doesn't know what it takes to earn a dollar, right? And so as soon as Stephen walks in, um, I could just get this vibe from him. He's not that. He wasn't that at all. And as soon as we started talking, a sigh of relief for me because I realized, okay, all right, this guy's very relatable. Me and him are going to get along just fine. So um, it was. We sized each other up pretty quickly, and we got to. You know, we got to grassroots pretty quickly with each other um, about the type of men we were. I think one of the good things about at least just through one episode is it does seem like you guys really do get along. And while you're both going to be dating the same women this season, um, it seems like there isn't going to be any beef between you two over the season. Or maybe there will be, and we'll have to wait and, and find out. But, <laughs> but Kurt, I'm interested in, in your side, as, as we, the audience, know from the get-go, you're the guy... Uh, who's not the multimillionaire, and Steven is. Was any yeah. of that? Was mm-hmm. any of that like I don't know? Was it hard to go through knowing that in the back of your head? Like I'm sure you do well for yourself, and we don't need to know your finance situation. But did it ever bother you that you're the guy this season who's quote unquote not the millionaire? <laughs> um, you know, I can see it. It definitely bothering other men. Me personally, I, I took no offense to it whatsoever. Um, you know, my, uh, uh, kind of my mantra is a little bit different. I, um, you know, I've built a nice life for myself. I'm proud of what I have been able to accomplish, uh, and how I've, um, you know, what the direction I've taken my life. So no, I, I'm happy with, with where I'm at. So I wasn't insecure about another man, uh, being on there that is a multimillionaire. Um, quite the opposite. I mean, for me, it was an opportunity to learn from, you know, somebody who, um, has really built something something special for themselves and with their family. So uh, for me, it was, it was a cool opportunity. I'm, I'm not really intimidated by men like that, but rather I'd, I'd, I'd like to learn from them. Yeah. Um, same question to you, Stephen, but the other way around, like being the guy with this money and everybody knows that, oh, this is the multimillionaire on the show. Did that weigh on you at all? You know, honestly, throughout the course of the show, the, the only thing that I found, uh, you know, kind of difficult and, you know, Kurt really helped me out through this. We actually had a heart to heart that'll show up and, probably show up in one of the episodes coming up here soon is, uh, you know, at first I was uh, really putting on this simple boy, simple farmer persona where these women thought that I was literally in a tractor cab 14 hours a day, you know, probably wearing blue coveralls with a pitchfork in my hand when I wasn't in the tractor cab. And, uh, you know, 
as we got about two weeks in and these women are starting to ask more and more in-depth questions, more and more of our background, our history, our education, um, but, you know, I'm realizing really quickly I'm running out of stuff to say because I put on such a simple persona. And so Kurt and I talked it out and, and just talked about how, uh, you know, I'd be able to let a little bit more about who I am as a person, you know, some of the education that I have uh, out to these women without, you know, giving away this secret. And so it was difficult in that regards. But as far as, uh, you know, Kurt and I, um, you know, basically we truly are the same person in how we think, how we go about our work and what we do in our day to day life. Uh, really, the only difference between us is I grew up in a family of successful entrepreneurs. So I've been afforded opportunities um, that pushed my timeline forward a decade, uh, you know, five to 10 years ahead of Kurt, whereas he's built everything truly uh, for himself and by himself from the ground up. And so uh, we both see each other as blue collar boys. Uh, you know, I've just been afforded some white collar opportunities and been able to take advantage of them. Yeah, I noticed in the first episode that I think it was you, Stephen, that pretty much laid it out of like, this is really tough because you obviously don't want to give away the secret, but you don't want to come across You don't want to be overdoing it, underselling yourself to, cause then they're going to be like, okay, he's, he's pretending way too hard. Like he doesn't have money. So that means he must have money. Like it's a total mind screw, right? Right. Like there, there is a very, very fine line that you have to walk. And, yeah. uh, you know, I really leaned heavily on Kurt for helping me out and, and, you know, trying to figure out where is that line and where do we draw that line in the sand and, and how do I not cross it to where I don't undersell myself to where these women think it's, you know, I'm putting off, you know, too much underselling and they know it's a trick. Um, but then I'm also not, you know, trying to dive in too much about what I do and give it away that way. So it, it is a fine line to walk. I wanted to talk something about a pre-show with you guys in terms of women and relationships. So, Kurt, you first. What was your what has your dating life been? You're 32 years old. You're a CEO in in Charlotte. Yeah. What's been your longest relationship? Have you ever been engaged before? A close? Like what's what's your dating pre-show dating life? Yeah, pre-show dating life. So, I am a relationship guy. Um, I've always been in relationships. And, um, you know, a little before a year before the show, I had got out of a pretty serious one um, where I was already picking out a diamond. So um, I was in a very serious relationship, was about to take the next step. Um, once we broke up, I was um, single for more than a year before the show. And um, during that year, you know, that was only year two of starting my company. So I was really just on the grind, um, really just working my ass off uh, and kind of putting my dating life on the back burner for a little while. Um, you know, when I started my company, it was two years ago. I didn't even tell anybody. Everyone knew I was still in construction, but I just kept it, you know, kept it tight to the chest because I was so scared to fail. Uh, so I really just kind of, you know, pulled back from, um, you know, social life a little bit, dating life and, and just was on the grind. Gotcha. And Stephen, you, were you ever close in the past to being engaged? Where are you with that? Yeah. Uh, you know, for me, I've always said that I'm going to date someone with intent. Uh, I'm not a guy that's just a casual dater. So if I'm dating someone, it's because I see long-term potential there. So, uh, you know, I was with my high school sweetheart for a little over seven years. Uh, ended up breaking that off in my early 20s. Um, kind of got to the point where she wanted to settle down, start having kids. And I realized that I was too much of an idiot at that point was not emotionally mature enough to handle that and uh, got myself out of that relationship and have since been in a couple other pretty serious relationships. But uh, really for the past two years, I've been single, kind of took a step back, realized I needed to, I wanted to first stabilize my companies to where I could uh, give the time and respect to a relationship that it deserves. And then secondly, wanted to make sure that I was emotionally mature enough to handle um, you know, a very serious and potentially, you know, settling down type relationship. And so for past two years, I've been single as well and uh, just waiting on the right opportunity. So, Stephen, did you, as a guy with the, with the net worth that you have, has it always been a thing with you that you fear someone is dating you for your money and not for Stephen McBee? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's always been a concern uh, in the Kansas City area, uh, Missouri market, you know, just because, um, you know, a lot of my businesses have my last name attached to them. Uh, you know, like I said, my family's full of successful entrepreneurs. So uh, in the Kansas City market, my reputation has definitely preceded me. And so I definitely think that's something that 
Um, you know, it's been a slight concern of mine going into it whenever I'm meeting women from around my area. Is it, uh, you know, do they know my reputation? Are they, they liking me for the reputation that they've heard? Or are they liking me for the man that's standing in front of them? And so I think it is something that's always been in the back of my mind, especially for, for the Kansas City area. Have you ever dated someone where you were like, wow, this is going well, or you just started dating someone and then you realized, oh, no, she's after money? Thankfully for me, uh, you know, if I get to the point where I'm truly dating someone, uh, you know, I, I intuitively I can see that pretty pretty easily, okay. and so I think that's that's something I've never had an issue with. Um, you know, I think there's definitely been instances in the past where I've talked to a couple women, and uh, you know, literally in the initial conversations, they're starting to dive in about the the companies that I run or the companies that I have. And, you know, that's before I've even really gotten to know them. And so I know that they know about who I am or what I have. Uh, you know, that's definitely a turnoff for me, but but not anyone that I've actually dated. And Kurt, for you, for this show, um, did you have a fear that since the girls, you know, no one of you has that wealth, that whoever you may fall for only has eyes for you because they're convinced in their own head you're the one with the money and then they find out. Only you don't have it. Like, was there a fear? But you don't have to tell me, obviously, what happens at the end. But was it? Was there a fear there of that? Yeah, yeah, no, I, absolutely. That that was a genuine fear. I, I don't want to be a prize. I don't want to be anyone's prize, right? I want someone to like me for me, um, and not really because I might be the rich one, or because even because I'm the star of the show and you get to win the show, right? Yeah. So it, that that was a definite fear. Um, all along, and that was in the back of my mind going on dates with some of these women um, because it's so hard to, to get to know these women uh, truly and genuinely, right? Especially in this setup where <laughs> where it is all about money. It's like it's not about money, but it is all about money at the same time, right? So, uh, yeah, it was a definite, um, definite fear for me. It was on my mind, uh, and I believe we talked about it a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I, it's like you said, it's it's you don't want to make it about money, but it's it's almost impossible not to because it's there. It's yeah. almost it's the premise of the show, and yeah, exactly. It is it is there, and you know, I get it. It's it's got to be it's got to be tough. Now, Stephen, you, I mean, uh, yeah, Stephen, you said you're a mama's boy, and episode one kind of focused on that a little bit, uh, which even had some of the women questioning like. How much is Ma is his mom going to be involved in, in his life going forward? Because of that, what is your living situation like? Do you have the ability to move out of Missouri once this is all said and done? Do you even want to, or is this something where whoever you pick at the end of this thing, if you do pick somebody, um, they have to be willing to come to you? Yeah, so it's uh, it's funny. This was one of the things that I changed my tune about uh, during the show because I seen these red flags start popping up in all these women's eyes when I, you know, first of all, I started talking about being a mama's boy, which I own up to, and I'm, you know, I have no problem admitting that. I, I did, you know, seeing the interviews on the backside from episode one, these women are trashing me for it. I'm like, dang, all right. But uh, you know, the uh, as far as moving away or anything, at first. You know, I was talking to these women about my simple farming operation in my small town, and they were under the impression that they were going to have to move up to Gallatin, Missouri, population 1700, and live. My current house is five miles from my nearest neighbor, so it is literally in the middle of nowhere. But the fact of the matter is, with all of my companies, uh, my plan was to move into uh, a little more populated area, a little more city area. Uh, I've got car washes going up in Nashville, Little Rock. Uh, Kansas City. So, so my plan is to move into a city. Okay, and then Kurt, where are you at with that? You're a CEO in Charlotte. Do you have the ability to move? Do you want to move? Or I know you just I, said you just kind of started with it. Doesn't seem like you want to uproot right away, but I don't know where are you at. Yeah, I, um, you know, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I, uh, I do like Charlotte. I love Charlotte. I think it's a great place to raise a family. Um, but as far as business goes, the way I'm building my brand, my, my construction company, I'm targeting commercial interiors. Um, and I'm really wanting to target um, like gym owners, restaurant owners, uh, even commercial offices and, and uh, companies that do uh, expand to different cities. And my idea would be to kind of chase them over the southeast uh, and be their contractor, be their general contractor across the southeast. So I don't know where it's going to take me. I can see myself, honestly. 
in Nashville uh, in the not too distant future, either Nashville, Charlotte, or Charleston, okay. um, uh, especially for work. So you know, I don't, I don't really really know the answer to that. I'm I'm still trying to figure that out myself. So Stephen, I gotta I gotta ask you about Caroline uh, from episode mm-hmm. one, and it's 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 interesting because that kind of crossed over with what I do uh, in in my coverage of The Bachelor because you guys filmed, I believe, around August, September for this show, right? It was in August? That is correct. Okay. Yep. What's interesting is, you know, I cover The Bachelor on my show, and there's obviously women that leave to go film The Bachelor, which was around um, mid to late September, and somebody... I get tips every year, like, "Hey, this girl, I, you know, I heard this girl is going to be on the show." It's like, okay, well, one of the women I initially posted that was going to be on The Bachelor this season was Caroline Campbell, and I didn't vet it out obviously well enough because that person who told me didn't realize she had left to go film another show. They think they just heard this generic, "Oh, Caroline's going on a dating show," and it was right around the time of bachelor world or whatever so i actually put carolyn out on my website as someone that was going to be oh wow be on the bachelor this season and she had already been but i didn't like i said she had already been there and you know do, doing your stuff but so once you guys saw each other and you and you realized you immediately knew her and and having her on the show immediately could have torpedoed the whole thing so you got rid of her before they even knew what the twist was so she didn't even have the ability to tell the rest of the women her opinion on what she thought of you and if you were the one with the money because she was gone before you guys ever made that announcement. So what was the backstory with Caroline again? Was it, it was just that you guys, you knew she followed you. Had you ever met her in social circles and spoken to her one-on-one or was it just a a group thing? No. So, you know, I told you I have car washes going up in Nashville. So I'm in Nashville all the time and that's where Caroline's from. So was down in Nashville, was on hinge and actually matched with her on hinge. And then followed each other on Instagram. Uh, but we never talked. I mean, she okay. would like a few of my photos. I would like a few of hers. Uh, but we never met in person, never talked or anything like that. And then, uh, you know, when I recognized her, whenever we walked out on the patio, uh, you know, producers ran out. She whispers, you know, I know him. And there's audio, uh, you know, audios listening in the back room. So they heard that. Producers run out, separate all the women. They grab Kurt and I, separate us. I'm wondering... You know, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, well, I thought I was packing my bags, too. I was like, I don't know what I screwed up here, but I think I'm going home, too. <laughs> I, I, I mean, and, uh, okay, go, go, go continue. No, continue. And, and so they come in and, you know, they you know, obviously they're like, you know, Caroline. And I'm like, well, yeah, I know her. You know, we matched on hand. Here's some photos she's liked on my Instagram. And, uh, you know, so this is at like 1230 in the morning. And so we break filming for about an hour and a half while we're trying to figure out what in the world we're going to do. I know Kurt is like flipping out. Like he has no clue what is going on because I didn't even have a chance to tell him while this break is happening. And, uh, you know, then, you know, we come back in, we decide, yeah, there's no way she can stay on the show. This is going to ruin the whole thing before we even get started. And Kurt, I'm assuming you agreed with that decision that Caroline just needed to go because that would just, that would torpedo the whole premise of the show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, you know, not really up for debate. It was a necessity. So, yeah. I mean, and I don't, like you said, you didn't, Stephen, you never met her and you never spoke. It was just a couple likes on on Instagram. But mm-hmm. even that, I think she would be maybe, she would maybe be able to tell, like, oh. Oh, there's there's no doubt. I mean, I post some no videos doubt. of me flying the helicopter around or yeah. <laughs> all of our big farming operation and all the tractors. They, she would have for sure seen those, and there's no doubt about it. So yeah, sorry, Caroline. We, yeah. we poured one out for you. We left. <laughs> Maybe she could actually be on The Bachelor. You try next season. Uh, you know, yeah, jump on that. That's right. Um, yeah. So I, I want to talk to you about uh, Kurt. Let's start with you. With um, first impressions, yeah. when you know you're you're the one who spoke to the women first at the top of the staircase, and. Obviously, it's from a little bit of a distance. You're looking down on them, and you're up. You're up higher, so maybe you didn't get a a great view of what everybody looked like. Obviously, up close, but I know that obviously the first episode focused on the fact that Carolyn is somebody that you apparently could not stop looking at, and 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 mm-hmm. made it obvious to seem like is everybody else in the cast. I'm assuming that is your. <laughs> That was your one right from right from the get go. That was okay. Yeah, she's she's someone that I am definitely attracted to. 
Oh yeah, yeah. And Stephen had to, <laughs> Stephen had to be like, "Hey, buddy, I know I, I don't know you yet, but uh, there's a lot of other women here, so let's just pump the brakes a little bit." Yeah. Uh, and, and me, just being me, I says, "No, um, this is my girl. I'm going after it." <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's and that's weird because, like you said, it was obviously at that point. It's clearly based on looks. You knew nothing about her at that point. And she doesn't end up on the first date, uh, your first date of the season, because they had the choice yeah. between the boots and the and the heels. And she ends up on Stephen's date. So Stephen, when you're dating her or you're talking to her, I think she was the one you were talking to when when uh, Kalea interrupted, right? Monica stepped. Oh, was in. it Monica stepped in? Okay. Yep. Um, yep. So when you're talking to her, knowing that Steve, knowing that Kurt has a already a thing for her are you immediately backing off or whether you whether carolyn is your type or not knowing that yeah, steven kind of put dibs out, me, or kurt put dibs out there or were you just like you know what while she seems like a great girl i don't want to invest too much into her because i know kurt is into her yeah you know their connection was so strong right off the bat um it almost felt like i was friend zoned immediately so uh, I think it was like uh, both ways. We just kind of, you know, pulled apart a little bit, but we knew obviously in this process that we didn't want to uh, completely give up on our connection, but it did feel there for a little bit. Like we were just, uh, you know, almost friend zoning each other. Okay. So when you, so you were the first one to find out that she was a single mother. Did you relay that to Kurt or did you let Carolyn relay it to him? No, I did not. Uh, I was Even not I going to be the one to break that type of news to Kurt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just because of the gravity of the situation, I wanted Carolyn to be able to tell uh, tell it how you know from her perspective and how she sees things. And so I just thought it wasn't my place to uh, to tell Kurt that. And there's about five different times Kurt, you know, would ask me. He's like, "Man, do you think any of these women have been married, or do you think any of them have kids?" And I literally am sitting there in the back of my mind thinking, oh, my goodness, like, how does he know this? Yeah. <laughs> so, Kurt, you're, I, I, I'm assuming um, it did. It wasn't a turnoff once you found out from Carolyn. And you you are not against dating somebody who was previously married or had kids. You you brought it up briefly in, in the first episode. Like, you know, her having a kid is fine, but the fact that she's been married first kind of, you know, I, not something that I've <laughs> – if I if I had a checklist, probably not something that would have been something you would be one hundred percent okay with. It seemed like you were a little. I'm more bothered by the fact that she was married than the fact that she had a kid. Uh, you know, it, it's not even the fact that she was married. It's just the dynamic of the two together. So right, it's like yeah, okay, married, divorce. All right, that's whatever. <clears throat> um, or you know, you had a had a kid, single mother. Okay, but then married with a kid. Because then there's this dynamic of, of well, well, I'm going to have to deal with an ex-husband forever, right? So how does that work? And, and that, that was more so my concern was, I don't know if I want to be – and every father needs a son, right? And it sounds like that, uh, you know, he is a great father. So, Or every, every son needs his father, rather. Um, so it was just something that I – mean, you saw kind of the wheels turning as she's telling me, trying yeah. to figure out, well, how would this – what would this look like? And, and it was truly because I've never been presented – with it before honestly for for me it, it would have been if you have a kid and the, the father's not involved that's great okay that's 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 better but the fact that he is well then what's that look like do i have to move uh what happens if if we want to move to a different city yeah. you know how does that work what, what what happens with the shared custody thing so it was just me trying to figure it out and um, see how i felt about it because i, I hadn't been presented with that that dynamic yet uh, in my life yeah, I think, you know, just to talk about my own personal life real br- briefly here, um, I think I'm, I'm on the same wavelength as you when it comes to kids are not a, um, you know, a, a red flag and it's not a negative thing. I would I would absolutely date somebody, but I obviously there's different situations. It's much easier. Um, I think if the, if their father wasn't in the picture and then if they are, it's like, OK, are you are you? locked into this location where you're at if it happens to be uh, right. something that's not in my city and you know then it yeah it takes on a, a bunch of different questions you have to go through in a, almost a checklist in your own head of of what it is exactly and yeah, it's, yeah I mean, it's just it's just a different different dynamic now obviously i don't want to uh 
you know, we're not going to give away any spoilers here. I don't know any spoilers. I don't even want to know spoilers for for what happens or anything. But um, are we going to be able? Are we going to see this season at some point that the two of you are interested in the same woman? Can you even say that or no? Oh yeah, no. There's multiple times throughout the season where uh, you know okay. we are both focusing in on on a few of the same women, and honestly, we can't tell. Uh, you know who they're focusing in on so it's uh you know it's an interesting dynamic having two guys and uh letting the women have their choice as well but yeah there's there's going to be some episodes coming up where you'll see that yeah yeah we got a, a few women who we called uh we called switzerland because we didn't know where they stood <laughs> who, who their alliance was too yeah <laughs> oh interesting like so okay and i'm sure at some point we're going to get uh you know the first episode only had a group date and so you were on a date with you know eight or nine different women each and I'm sure as we get dwindle the women down, you're going to be on one-on-one dates with, with them and stuff like that. But is it – Kurt, I'll ask you this. Was it tough knowing that, you know, when, when you're if – you, if there was one lead in this show, you would be like, okay, all these women I know are here for me, and I'm their only focus. Well, you got Steven there and, and vice versa. Was there a – again, as the show is filming, a concern of – and, and it must be just by the answer you just gave of Switzerland. Like, who are they here for? Which one do they like? Were they good at keeping um, poker faces on in terms of who they liked? I, I, I think so. Most of them, uh, I think, like both of us. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, it was a bit tricky. Uh, I think that, yeah, we are very similar, but we're also very different in our ways. And I think some of these women – um, they did. They liked it. They liked both of us for our own reasons. Um, and then some were very deliberate, though, about only liking Stephen or only liking me. And you'll see how that unfolds. And I think you've already kind of seen that a little bit with Carolyn. Um, but yeah, they had pretty good poker faces, to be honest. And maybe we weren't that pointed with asking them who they were into either. Well, yeah, it, it was almost like we were uh, a little bit scared to know the answer to it uh, because, I mean, it, it did create this interesting dynamic where you're like, okay, uh, you know, these women that we consider Switzerland that we, we can't get a feel for which one of us they like, uh, we don't want to hone in on them because what if they're honing in on Kurt or, you know, vice versa? And so it's just a super interesting dynamic that we had to try and feel our way through and it's something that's so different from from really any reality shows, uh, dating shows out there today. Yeah, it certainly is just, it's it's definitely bizarre, and it's not something we see a lot, especially in dating shows. There's usually, no matter what network or what dating show it is, usually just one lead, you know? Just that's the way it's yeah. always been, and it's like all these women or all these men's sole focus is on one person, so you're all fighting for the same one. This one, no, you can kind of divvy it up, and maybe someone... Maybe someone liked Kurt from the get-go, but then after dates realized, I kind of am into Steven more, and vice versa. I'm sure that happens at some point this season. Yeah. yeah there, there, there was no rule book or playbook for this, and if there were, or if Steve and I were to write one, don't read it or don't use it. <laughs> I can assure you our advice would be not, uh, not well taken. <laughs> we, had, uh, we joked that we needed a whiteboard at one point about all of our failed ideas for the show i mean uh because they were numerous was, yeah that's exactly right I, I guess i asked both of you this was was the biggest fear once filming started i don't want to blow the secret i don't want to say something that like oh because because you've never had to hide who you are in your normal life so i gotta believe during this and i'm sure producers were in your ear all the time like hey whatever you do just don't go there because that might it might be a hint or a clue that leads them to believe that you're the guy without the money or you're the guy with the money. Was that the biggest fear for you going navigating all this is just, I don't want to say the wrong thing that gives it away. Yeah, for sure. I mean, knowing the premise of the show and that literally everything was banking on this secret uh, being kept the entire time, I would say that was definitely the most stressful thing for me, uh, especially just because, you know, if it was to come out, then we might as well just quit filming and go home. I mean, that's, you know, the whole premise of the show was what this, the, this secret that we were hiding. And so it was definitely something that was stressful. I caught myself a few times, uh, you know, making comments that, uh, you know, in retrospect may have led the women down a path or I was like, Oh crap, I shouldn't have said that. 
Um, you know, there was one time and then, you know, but even like simple things that I wouldn't even think about, like talking about a vacation to Colorado, um, you know, I get pulled apart by a producer and, and told, Hey, you know, be very careful about the line you're flirting right now. And I'm like, Oh, I just was telling him I went to Colorado, but you know, there's just these little nuances that could give them just a hint, uh, that I had to keep under the table. Yeah. <laughs> That's gotta be, uh, that, was, that, that had to have been hard to deal with. <laughs> now that I think about it, the more I think about it, I'm like. Good God, good God, that's – because, yeah. you, like I said, in your normal life, when you're having conversations and you're going on dates, you never have to worry about saying the wrong thing in terms of something like that. Just a, hey, went on this great trip to Colorado, it was whatever, all expense paid, whatever the case may be. You don't have to worry about that right. in your life. No, and it was it was very difficult. And, and like I said, I mean, uh, for me, my companies are a reflection of who I am. And I don't mean that in a material aspect or a financial status sense, but – more of the character traits that it took to create these successful companies, the determination, the hard work, the perseverance, um, you know, all of these things added up to the success of the companies. And that's what I, you know, like to tell people about more so than the financial success of them. And so I had to keep all of that under the table uh, basically the entire time. And so uh, I had to lean actually heavily on Kurt uh, for advice on this because after about two and a half weeks, um, I was frustrated. Uh, I didn't know. I, I couldn't even talk to these women anymore because I run out of things to say uh, if I'm so limited on what I can talk about. So Kurt really had a good idea of, of starting to talk about my uh, companies, my businesses as if it was five years ago. And so I'm looking forward to doing all of these things is how I ended up phrasing it out towards the rest of the season. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's good. That's good advice, Kurt. Look at you. Yeah. There. yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, I got a, I got a few good ideas. <laughs> um, so tonight, episode two, uh, Kurt. Obviously, don't want to give anything away, but what can we te- What can you tease for tonight's episode? Uh, that what we can uh, expect as viewers. <laughs> What can we tease? Um, well, there, there's some actual gold digging going on tonight. So, <laughs> oh, some some uh, legitimate get, gold digging, like some pin. legitimate gold digging. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, are we are we back to or another two different group dates again tonight? Is that what's happening? I like episode one. Uh, uh, actually, uh, we're going to be going into uh, two single. We got one group date, and then um, we have two single dates. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I, I can tease the fact that it is my birthday, so you know something special is mm-hmm. about to happen. Oh, your birthday, <laughs> huh? All right, well, that's that's right. Wow, that that worked out perfect. Well, I'm, uh, uh, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad some of that got cut. To be honest, that was a <laughs> a risky birthday party for television. Um, <laughs> Kurt, did your birthday happen to fall during filming, or no? It it did not. It happened right after, actually. Oh, right. After. Or in December, it just happened recently. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, just uh, just to wrap things up here. Um, obviously, again, we're not going to give away spoilers or any. You know, talk about what happens at the end or who you choose or anything. But what can viewers expect overall? Uh, on this on this ride uh, for the next few weeks of this season of of Joe Millionaire, um, yeah, Stephen, you, know, you go for, up for uh, for for Kurt and I. Uh, you know, we like to consider ourselves, like I said at the beginning, we're not reality TV guys. We're a couple uh, average Joes, I guess you could say, blue collar boys. Um, you know, that are very like minded, and so all the emotions that are going to be felt, that are going to be seen by the viewer, are a hundred percent authentic, and that's something going into this. Uh, I didn't know could could actually happen. I mean, Kurt and I are pretty stoic guys. We keep pretty even keeled, and uh, you will see some emotional breakdowns not only from the women, <laughs> from uh, from Kurt and I at times too. <laughs> so we do, we get so we get man tears. We get a lot of man tears this season. <laughs> uh, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> did, did, One little tear. Did we? Did I see? Did I hear this correctly in the promo for the season? Something involving – did one of the girls fall for a producer? I mean, obviously you can't say, but did I hear that correctly that somehow a producer is involved in something later on? Can you even – There are some twists and turns in this show that uh, would blow your mind. Okay. For, uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's so many twists uh, and turns in this thing. It, it gets wild coming up. Uh, that may or may not have happened. I don't know what I can say. So. Yeah, no, okay. I just wanted to make sure I, – I thought I heard that, but I was like, okay. Um, well, Kurt, Steven, I, I really appreciate you guys coming on. I've enjoyed – obviously, we're only one episode in, but uh, I'm looking forward to episode two tonight and following along with your journey. Obviously, you already know what happens, but good luck to you. Um, this was a great interview. Like, you guys are 
in speaking with a lot of former reality TV contestants, you don't seem, and, and Stephen, you guess you characterize it best. You guys aren't reality TV guys. The, the answers that you gave, the insight that you gave in your answers, I'm like, I don't feel like I'm talking to two guys that are on reality TV here. You guys got a really good head on your shoulders. And that's not to insult other well, people that are on reality TV, but you guys have been, been great. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, thank you. Thank you. I, I don't even have a TV in my living room if that goes to tell you anything. That's how, um, that's how not reality Kurt I am. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even have cable at my house. I have one TV and it hasn't been turned on in probably six months. So yeah, we, uh, you know, it's, it's made it so nice that Kurt and I, uh, you know, are so similar, so like-minded and we just bounce off so well from each other. We, uh, you know, we hit it off from day one and, and that bromance has continued to grow to this day in real life, you know, looking at business ventures and what we can take on together. So it's uh, definitely made it so much easier and such a more fun process having Kurt, uh, you know, on my side for this. Yeah. Looking forward to, to that. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Really. Um, I'm excited to see both your guys journey and I hope it uh, it turned out well for both of you. So, again, thanks, Kurt, Stephen, for coming on. Really appreciate it. And uh, best of luck to you in the future. Awesome. Thank awesome. you so much. Well, thank you very much. Kurt Sowers and Stephen McBee, your leads and stars of Joe Millionaire, airing tonight on Fox, episode number two. I mean, you've heard 270, maybe not all listen to every single podcast I put out, but are those guys way more polished than any guy in the Bachelor franchise, or is it just me? I mean... Really thoughtful and insightful answers, and just two well put together guys. I mean, I was very impressed. Um, I did not know what to expect going into that. To be honest with you, um, I had read their bios. I had done some background on each of them, but just to hear them, I mean, maybe they're maybe they're just well trained in media. Doesn't sound like it because they're not TV guys, but. Just two really good guys that if you watch the first episode, and I'm sure it's going to continue as the season goes on, but if you watch the first episode, just almost their bromance is pretty cool to watch during the show because they look like two guys that literally could be buddies. And while they are dating the same women, doesn't seem like it's going to be an issue uh, with either of them. So um Go check it out. Fox, 8, 7 Central tonight, episode two. It's on every Thursday night, Joe Millionaire. It's a reboot from the 2003 show, except in 2003, as you know, it was just one guy, and they were lying to the women, and they tricked them the whole season uh, in the infancy of reality TV. You couldn't get away with that uh, nowadays. But thanks a lot to uh, Kurt and Steven for coming on. Really appreciate it. Thank you all for listening. Please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple Podcasts. It's much appreciated. And that'll do it uh, for this podcast. I'm wondering, can you hear the difference in my voice a little bit? I think I, I mean, I hear myself talk and in, into a headset every day or when I record these and I feel like my voice sounds a little bit different. It sounds a little bit um, changed a little bit just because of the little bit of congestion I have going right now. And I'm just curious, do, do other people notice it or is it just me? Um, anyway, it was actually worse a couple days ago. And I feel it's gotten a little bit better. So just wondering. Anyway, thank you all for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Thanks to Kurt. Thanks to Steve. I'm Reality Steve. And we will be back next week with yet another episode in the Reality Steve podcast. So for Kurt Sowers, Stephen McBee, I'm Reality Steve. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll talk to you next week.